1: Thank you for your support. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Faisal Hawk about how to transform and lead in the age of creativity, innovation, and sustainability. Hawk, Hawk, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
0: Thanks for having me, John.
1: It is really a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from the East Coast. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about how to transform and lead in the age of creativity, innovation, and sustainability. Now, I suppose some might say, oh, that's just a lot of buzzwords. Um, and I suppose it is. Uh, but these are all very important integrated ideas that definitely contribute to and feed off of each other um so we're going to get past the buzzwords past you know the the tech bro kind of spin on on this kind of topic i really want to dig in i want to really understand you know what we can do to lead in this shifting world of work uh and what that me- looks like what how it looks different than perhaps the way uh, organizations have been led in the past so that's what we'll be discussing today. As we get started, I wanted to share Faisal's bio with everybody. Faisal Hawk is an accomplished entrepreneur, noted thought leader, technology innovator, advisor to CEOs and the U.S. federal government with more than 25 years of cross-industry experience. He is the award-winning author of the number one Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller, Lift, the Wall Street Journal, number two, and USA Today bestseller, Everything Connects, and many other publications. He is the founder of Shadoka, Next Chapter, and other companies. And really, I could go on and on, but I'm going to pause there, Faisal. Anything else you would like to share or to highlight from your background or personal context before we dive in?
0: No, I mean, I think that you you, you uh, uh, welcome me very, very very well. Uh, on a personal note, uh, I I am very much into mindfulness and meditation. We'll talk about that in the context of creativity. And uh, I like to cook. So those are mm. two personal notes.
1: Very nice. Very nice. Uh, let's dive on in. And I think it, it's interesting. Uh, clearly, you have been a very successful entrepreneur you've started companies um had very successful companies you advise you consult uh, you do a lot of important work in the space um why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about your own path and trajectory and how you got to where you are today and then we can launch on into this this transformation around what organizations in the modern world of work need from their leaders
0: sure um So you talked about my successes along the way. I had many, many failures uh, because success doesn't come without having failures and learning from the failures. Uh, so, I mean, I originally come from Bangladesh. I came to the U.S. Uh, when I was in my late teens, uh, started going to school in um, Southern Illinois University and in, uh, then switched to University of Minnesota. Uh, and then I built my first product in my senior year. That was in 90s when you know Windows was coming out and Apple was kind of dabbling with their um, you know the, the the floppy disk Macs um, and I, I, I you know and and the market was kind of iffy during those days just like it is right now unpredictable uh, b- b- borderline recession uh, not too many jobs so I actually took my uh, um, a product that I built, which was a software product, and I, rather than sending resumes out, I sent the disk as an as a alternative way to people look at my work. Uh, you know, And now we are very familiar with, you know, you go to work, you, you show your portfolio of work, uh, whether you're a coder, designer, uh, whatever it is, you show portfolio author, you show your sample writing, whatnot. Uh, I sent out my, my demo disk, and as a result, midst of that uh, bad timing, uh, I did get seven, eight job offers before I could graduate from college. And that's how I started my career. Um, and then you know I started, uh, you know, I had a bunch of offers from a bunch of Wall Street farms uh, because my product was focused on regression analysis mar- um, for the market. Uh, but I didn't take those. I t- took a R and d uh, job at a company called Pidney Rose, which at those days, was one of the very high rising uh, Fortune 500 companies uh, in Connecticut, Uh, that's how I started my career. Uh, Quickly after that, I ended up going to Dun & Bradstreet, started my first company, uh, got uh, recruited by uh, GE Capital to launch their first e-commerce business and life was going really well. Um, And then uh, post GE, I started my next company, um, and I was doing extremely well, signed up GE as my first customer. We got a bunch of customers like Pepsi, uh, not Pepsi, Amex and MasterCard and others and raised a whole bunch of venture capital fund uh, and got fired from my own company because venture capitalist was, you know, I didn't think I was growing the company fast enough even though we had close to $10 million in revenue within 12 to 18 months timeframe and I had blue chip customers. Um, so I got ousted, and I was kind of depressed. I uh, Sat there and wrote my first book. And uh, in the meantime, the VCs kind of uh, mismanaged the company, and that company went bust. And I, my argument in my book was uh, that if you don't know about business models, if you don't focus on business models, then the tech stuff really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And, and you know, and the bubble burst—that was you know, two thousand timeframe. I uh, you know and then I moved on and uh, built a pretty successful company and then a few years ago um uh you know and during the the market melt uh you know two thousand and eight two thousand and ten i I faced the same adversity just like anybody else and uh but i I've survived through that and and uh, wrote a whole bunch of books during that time and uh five, six years ago, I exited my last company and kind of was you know, thinking of what I should do next. And I thought of like bringing all my expertise and focus on public sector because I wanted to give something back to this beautiful country of ours that has given me so much. So I, um, I, I started working with uh, with a partner called CSEI and we kind of been working in various agencies like DOD, DHS and others driving their innovation uh, process improvement and and better citizen care and and defense, uh, you know, utilizing technology. Um, and and then midst of pandemic, you know, I wrote left, and then I kind of relaunched everything, kind of second edition. And now I actually have a, next, a second and you know, a third book out called Reinvent, which is literally coming out now as we speak, which also became number one Wall Street Journal bestseller. And in between you know, faced an array of adversity, including uh, family health, uh, uh, you know, parental family health, my son, who's 20 years old, he, who is a cancer survivor, so, et cetera, et cetera. So I dedicated, you talked about next chapter, so proceed from next chapter and book all goes to uh, cancer research, especially to bring awareness to my multiple myeloma, which is uh, is is what my son is diagnosed with. So that's kind of my story in a nutshell. Yeah, well,
1: yeah. <clears throat> excuse me. Thanks for the encapsulation of that. Uh, I know we could spend a lot of time just digging into all of that, um,
0: yeah.
1: but I appreciate it. And it, it, it's great to provide that context as we think uh, moving forward, because you have that experience, you know, the ups and the downs in yeah. different organizations Um, those that have you started, but also in in other corporate roles for other organizations. Um, You've seen firsthand uh, how work has been transforming over the last several decades. Uh, And you are a thought leader in the space of of looking at this continual transformation and how things are going to continue to evolve into the future. Uh, So I want to go there next. And maybe at a high level, uh, if you can talk a little bit about Uh, What you saw in the past, kind of where we're at today, and where you think we might be in the next five to 10 years in terms of leadership transformation, organizational transformation, uh, shifting transformation of the workplace, Uh, and then we can dig in more specifically into creativity, innovation, and sustainability.
0: So we can look at it kind of like a three phase, right? So you know, when I uh, was uh, part of GE and uh, you know, pre-pandemic and and those kind those kind of uh, large, you know, what I've observed in large organization, I mean, it was very much driven by quarter to quarter focus, uh, command control uh, kind of mentality, uh, and and very much driven by by uh, you know. A, Top line growth, uh, not even so much about bottom line, and not so much obviously focused around people and environment and uh, you, know, you know our our world as a as a whole. And then then pandemic happened, and all of those things kind of shifted because we kind of suffered together uh, as a society, right? So we started to see these more collaborative, more sympathetic, more empathetic. Uh, kind of mindset and, and obviously we've also seen a great number of technological shift uh, that kind of brought on by necessity more than anything else so we kind of are in that phase where we are a little more empathetic a little more tech savvy regardless whether we're technologists or not uh, and we're a little more uh, quote-unquote uh, you know environmentally uh, conscious uh, because whatever we individually do it does impact, uh, you know, everybody else uh, as a whole, right? And now we're seeing this, you know, last uh, 18, 24 months, a major uh, uh, boost towards uh, machine learning and artificial intelligence and, and both fear and, 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 and uh, you know, uh, opportunistic mindset in terms of what could those kind of technology can do. Uh, in terms of how we work, how we communicate, live, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So these are kind of the three phases, right? I mean, we've kind of seen the um, fourth industrial revolution. That actually lift in lift, I talk uh, quite a bit of fourth industrial revolution, and then it's kind of now we're you know, getting into this hyper growth. A lot of debate about should we have better governance around technology? Should we just let it go so that it does whatever it needs to do. Um, where do we combine the human machine uh, and create a hybrid model, uh, et cetera, et cetera? So I think that uh, uh, where we'll end up, it, and, and we nobody knows really where we'll end up. But best case scenario, we become a hybrid, uh, you know, human machine uh, society, right? Uh, worst case scenario, the machine takes over and we all become uh, you know like that movie i can't remember the movie right now. Um, you know like that, the,
1: like the terminator right uh,
0: yeah or or worse uh, that we we are in that that some sort of a bubble ship and we're all getting very lazy and the machines are keeping us alive oh. we, oh, <laughs> Wally. <laughs> Wally, right so so you know those are reality is probably it's in, in, you know somewhere in between right so hopefully somewhere in between. So, so that's where we are, you know, and then there are a ton of opportunities, uh, but there's also a ton of uh, obsolescence if we are just uh, become very complicit and not pay attention to it, regardless of whatever our profession is and roles are.
1: Yeah. Really interesting. Uh, No question that technology, technological advances have dramatically shaped and and, uh, influenced these shifts that you've been discussing yeah. and the different waves of the industrial revolution um at each stage we've seen different types of technological yeah. disruption and advancement that has pushed us forward and and kind of restacked the deck right uh, shuffled the deck uh, changed the playing um the player board whatever metaphor you want to use and and then we're playing the different game and that's really what's happening right now is is uh, it's been happening for a while. For the last couple of decades, we've been seeing this shift, but because of the dramatic increase in pro- processing power in computers and the dramatic decrease in cost for, for memory and processing power and because of the rise of smart machines and AI and deep machine learning, and even just over the last six months, my goodness, what has come about, um, this kind of technological disruption is going to completely change the game. and It will require us to rethink how we structure organizations, how we design jobs in the work that people do, how we lead those people, how we utilize and integrate technology, et cetera. Um, And, and it's not going away. So it's not like we can just pretend like it's not happening. Like we either figure out how to, to work within this new context, or we're going to become obsolete and irrelevant and we're and we're just going to to fade away to the background and of course then there's all these sorts of different societal concerns and ethical concerns sure. that we need to be thinking about as well um so there's just a lot to think about and so and I, that gets us into really what I want to spend the rest of the time talking about the creativity the innovation and the sustainability now obviously sure. a lot of creativity innovation uh and innovation have driven a lot of these disruptive technological advances that we've been discussing. Um, But we need to do all of this in an ongoing, sustainable, ethical way. Uh, And that's the big question is how, what does creativity look like? What does innovation look like in the age of generative AI um, as a tool to assist us in that process? And how do we do this in a safe, ethical and sustainable way?
0: Yeah, look, I mean, uh, first, uh, let's get to a very fundamental human level, right? I mean, the machines are not going to be driven by empathy and uh, ethics. Even though you uh, load up every single uh, legal ramification you can find on the planet, uh, there's a a humanity that cannot be replaced by by any kind of uh, quote-unquote artificial intelligence. Um so so that's the first point the second point is that um you know the the, the i think the, the creativity is still going to be driven off what the basic human um um elements like mindfulness and empathy and 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 being self aware and and being able to influence et etc et cetera because um uh, you know it it takes a um, it takes a very uh, uh, a conscious effort and conscious practice to decide who you are and how your actions impacts other people. Uh, you know, and and that's where ethics gets driven as well, right? So just because I can doesn't mean you should, right? So, so uh, but which which requires a conscious practice of, of of holding you back in in certain way, right? So. So I think that that element of it is is very crucial. And, and once you have that, then you can apply technology to all sorts of creative way. Like for example, you know, yesterday I was uh, driving, uh, we went away for a few days and we went to Virginia Beach and, and we were driving back from Virginia Beach to Connecticut. And I'm obviously getting a slew of emails and texts and this and that. And I was saying, wouldn't it be nice if I could just say, hey, uh, check my calendar See whether I'm available, uh, uh, you know, on Monday, and, and, and you know, and and I book this meeting, and and my AI agent kind of do, goes and does that, right? Uh, so those are helpful way to be to make you more productive. I mean, I know you know the phone assistance that we have; it's not there yet. I mean, it, it's like you know, half of the time it misinterprets whatever you're saying, right? So, so that's an example of being highly productive, right? Or let's say, you know, like uh, I'm obviously, uh, as uh, you mentioned my company, Shadoka, we build software. And I've been dabbling with uh, a generative AI uh, engine where I said, okay, I want to do a market segmentation or I want to do a particular uh, go-to-market strategy for my customer, or I want to create a, a, a roadmap for my, my duty, uh, you know, customer. Um, Tell me what's out there and pull it in, right? So, so those are those are. So you can be very creative in terms of utilization of technology. Or I mean, when I'm writing, right? I'm saying, okay, I want to write about, you know, I want to write about you know, sp- spirituality as an example, right? And then uh, it's nothing to do with technology. It's self-awareness. And give me some example of what are the best spiritual practice of the best leaders out there. And and show me their path, uh, and I want to inter, I want to incorporate that in my uh, next blog, as an example. Right? So these are very example. These are very, you know, I just gave you three example of productivity strategy and and self development. Um, uh, you know, at, at different roles, right? Uh, one as I'm an executive, two I'm a I'm providing service, and three as an author. And 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 these are very helpful ways to be creative, utilizing technology. But creativity, you know, innovation does not come without creativity, and creativity does not come without being mindful, and and self-aware, and and whatever you're trying to do, uh, having that awareness that is it, going to impact somebody else, right? And then sustainability comes from establishing systemic way. Of applying or scaling that innovation uh, and tracking the impact of that innovation, if you want to do it in a large scale, not just for yourself, right? So that's the connection between uh, creativity, innovation, and, and sustainability. So it starts with mindfulness. It it in middle your application of um, you know things that are already exist and then uh, to make it sustainable you have to apply systemic uh, you know uh, implementation that has the ability to impact a large audience not just not just yourself right so that's how you can that's how I kind of break it down and look at things uh, from a different perspectives
1: yeah yeah thank you that's really helpful and <laughs> I I totally agree. I think that the mindfulness, the presentism, the, you know, making sure that you're in the moment, uh that all of that and being able to foster that, that helps you create the environment in which creativity can occur. Uh and creativity broadly speaking, right? We're not just talking no. about a musician or an artist or whatever. No. We're like we're talking about any form of creative thought and expression. Um and that happens as we are one in the moment with ourselves, we're mindful, uh we're present uh, et And the reality is the world we're in, it's so easy for all of that to just go away. Like we can just be running constantly around like chickens with our heads cut off, constantly looking at a screen, constantly doing this thing, that thing, and running from one thing to the next. And so we have to very purposely and intentionally carve out time for ourselves and get in the habit of taking, you know, the opportunity to, to, do mindfulness practices that will help us to foster the creativity, uh, which ironically, you know, taking time away from pro- productive things can actually make you more productive uh, because it helps you reset your mind. It helps you see things in new ways. It helps you be more creative, helps you innovate. And so you can do things better, more efficiently, uh, more effectively, et cetera. Um, And ultimately, you can be more productive. Uh, There's lots of research on on flow states and, and uh, all of that kind of stuff as well that all feeds into what we've been talking about. Uh, And so I think just really, really, it's important as leaders in the modern world of work in the modern age, um, to get past the command control, like you were talking about earlier, um, to, to move into a space of empowerment, uh, to, to move into a space of creating an environment, where people are not only you know, given permission, but encouraged, actively encouraged, um, to to pause and to take breaks and to practice mindfulness and to foster that creative and innovative environment. Um, I'm I'm not sure there's many more important things leader modern leaders can do in no, to foster look, that uh, teams.
0: For for sure, and look, I mean, if you want to, along with mindfulness, I mean, it's like you know, there's there's actually now. Uh, uh, you know studies, uh, uh, signs that shows that slowing down makes you more productive. Right? Yeah. So when you're running around, you're making too many mistakes. You're making wrong decisions. You're 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 agitated. You're not really influencing or inspiring and encouraging the people that you're leading. Right? So, and it it it's a practice. It's a daily practice. Mm-hmm. So, how many meetings you schedule? Uh, how, how much you know before you speak? Are you really taking the time? To think about what you're what's about to come out of your mouth, right? So and empathy, by the way, is the same way. It takes a conscious effort to practice empathy because we are self-preserving species. We think about ourselves before we think about somebody else. So it takes a conscious practice to think about other people, and why do we want to think about other people? Because if you can't think about other people, you cannot create environment of yeah. uh, encouragement, influence, and, and inspiration, let alone create an environment of sustainability. Because if you are not empathetic, how can you think about what's going to be the long-term impact? Because long-term impact is not instant gratification. It's not about instant gratification, right? So, I mean, you know, and, and you know, and, and we, we rushed. I mean, you know, as a society, we we are very much, um, you know, uh, sound bite driven, uh, very mm-hmm. much uh, driven by uh, whatever fad uh, and that that's trending, and we just things through uh, without really thinking about it. I mean, you know, you can argue, uh, you know, like this is a controversial topic, but you can say, okay. Did the EV market really making our climate sustainable? Because if mm-hmm. you look at the impact of those batteries, we're not quite there yet. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a good effort. It has it has awakened a consciousness that we need to protect the world. But I don't know whether saying that every EV car is what's is going to help us to protect the environment. Right? They so have to go beyond just the basic notion of what's really impactful and, and think through and, 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 uh, but that takes conscious practice, right? So, so uh,
1: recognizing the complexity, the nuance uh, and, and moving towards uh, sustainability is, is always important. Uh, Faisal, this has just been a great conversation. I know at the time, I need to let you go here in just a minute, but before (laughs) we wrap things up for today, I wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience, how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
0: Look, I mean, you can find me uh, on on the internet, obviously. com is my website. There's all kind of resources out there. As I said, my books are uh, not for commercial reasons. All proceeds goes to uh, uh, cancer research. So uh, feel free to, uh, you know, anybody out there, feel free to take any of this and use it any way you like. Uh, no, no no, bones from my part. Uh, and, and, you know, my final last word is that... Uh, Practice, 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 practice mindfulness, practice empathy, Mm. practice creativity, and that's the way to go forward.
1: Wonderful. Faisal, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure. I encourage the audience to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Faisal and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.